Welcome to Jazz Piano Skills. I'm Dr. Bob Lawrence. It's time to discover, learn, and play jazz piano. Today you are going to discover diatonic melodic exercises. You're going to learn how to use diatonic melodic exercises to improve your harmonic vision. And you're going to play 10 diatonic melodic exercises designed for developing jazz language. So regardless of where you are in your jazz journey, a beginner, an intermediate player, an advanced player, or even an experienced professional, you are going to find this Jazz Piano Skills podcast lesson exploring diatonic melodic exercises to be very beneficial. If you are new to Jazz Piano Skills, I want to take a minute to invite you to become a member. Jazz Piano Skills members have access to the entire library of ever-growing educational content found at jazzpianoskills.com. The educational podcast packets, the illustrations, lead sheets, and play-alongs that help you successfully study and master the Jazz Piano Skills explored in the weekly podcast. The sequential courses that make up a comprehensive jazz piano curriculum using a self-paced learning format with educational talks, interactive media, and video demonstrations that are found in each course. All of it provides you a stimulating, effective, and efficient educational experience. Members also enjoy a weekly one-hour online masterclass hosted by me every Thursday evening, which is basically a one-hour jazz piano lesson. You will also have access to the Jazz Piano Skills private community, the podcast and course-specific forums. Last, but certainly not least, as a Jazz Piano Skills member, you will have access to private, personal, and unlimited professional educational support. Jazz Piano help anytime and as often as you need it. Visit jazzpianoskills.com to learn more about becoming an active Jazz Piano Skills member. If you have any questions, please do not hesitate. Reach out to me. I'm happy to help. Okay, let's discover, learn, and play Jazz Piano. Last week, we pulled back the curtain on diatonic harmonic exercises, which we can use to help us solidify various harmonic shapes, voicings. I used three-note contemporary shell voicings last week with each of the diatonic harmonic exercises. But again, you can practice any type of voicing with diatonic harmonic exercises to successfully get essential shapes under your fingers. This week, we are tackling diatonic melodic exercises. So what the heck are diatonic melodic exercises? Well, I like to describe them as exercises that help you improve your harmonic vision. In other words, exercises that help you see harmony as melody and melody as harmony. Exercises that help you see harmony and melody 
as being one and the same. No different than ice and water. Ice being the equivalent of harmony, a solid, and water being the equivalent of melody, a liquid, linear motion. Diatonic melodic exercises help illuminate this relationship between harmony and melody. Before I go any further, I want to make sure that everyone understands what the word diatonic implies. The word diatonic simply means that we are going to use only the notes found within the scale, within the key. No chromaticism, no notes outside of the scale. So the notes C, D, E, F, G, A, and B are the diatonic notes of the key of C major or the C major scale. That's it. That's what the word diatonic is referencing. The seven notes of any given major or minor scale. So today I am going to share with you 10 diatonic melodic exercises that I use when practicing. These exercises will not only help you develop better linear technique, they will help you develop standard jazz vocabulary used by every professional jazz musician on planet Earth. And I'm not kidding. So we have a lot to discover, learn, and play today. So let's dive in. To begin, I am going to be discussing and playing everything today in the key of C major. And all exercises will use all seven chords of the key of C major. C major, D minor, E minor, F major, G dominant, A minor, and B half diminished. Also, I am going to play all exercises at a tempo of 110. Okay, exercise one ascends through all seven chords of the key, launching from the root of each chord. I'm going to play each chord over counts one and two of each measure. The four notes of each chord, the root, the third, the fifth, and the seventh, will be played as eighth notes. I like this configuration because it gives me the final two beats of each measure to assess what I just played, the good, the bad, or ugly, that I just played on counts one and two. And it gives me the time to make any necessary adjustments before playing the same pattern with the very next chord. Now, the goals for this exercise, and for every exercise that I play today, are as follows. Number one, I want to see the chord melodically. Number two, I want to play each four-note phrase with a proper jazz articulation. And number three, I want each four-note phrase to sound musical, as if it is part of an improvised solo. So far, so good, but I am sure you are wondering, what am I going to be playing in my left hand? Well, remember those three-note contemporary shells I played last week when exploring the diatonic harmonic exercises? 
<laughs> yep, you got it. I'm going to play those shells in my left hand to support the diatonic melodic phrases I am playing in my right hand. And like last week, I want to make sure that my voicings are felt and not heard. They are playing in an accompaniment role. They are supporting actors, not the main actor. So they need to be felt and not heard. Okay, enough talking. Let's bring in the ensemble and play exercise one, and then we can talk about it. Here we go. Let's check it out. Hopefully, now that you have heard exercise one, it's all starting to make sense what we are doing today. I played all seven chords of the key of C major melodically. I launched from the root of each chord and ascended to the seventh. Well, as the old saying goes, <laughs> what goes up must come down. And that is exactly what we are going to do in exercise two. Instead of ascending from the root, we are going to descend from the root. So instead of launching from the root and ascending to the seventh, C-E-G-B, we're going to launch from the root and descend to the third. So we're going to go C-B-G-E. Yep. If you are not comfy with inversions, exercises 2 through 10 may be a little uncomfortable. <laughs> but seriously, all kidding aside, if you are indeed uncomfortable or unfamiliar with inversions, then spend some time with Jazz Piano Skills courses 2 through 6, which thoroughly explore the inversions of all of the major, dominant, minor, half-diminished, and diminished chords. They're excellent courses that will get you up to speed quickly. Check them out at jazzpianoskills.com. All right, exercise two. Descends through all seven chords of the key, launching from the root of each chord. And just as I did in exercise one, 
I am going to play each chord over counts one and two of each measure. The descending four notes of each chord, the root, seventh, fifth, and third, will be played as eighth notes. And once again, why do I like this configuration? Because it gives me the final two beats of each measure to assess what I just played on counts one and two, the good, the bad, the ugly. And it gives me the time to make any necessary adjustments before playing the exact same pattern with the next chord. The goals for every exercise I play today are as follows. One, I want to see the chord melodically. Two, I want to play each four-note phrase with a proper jazz articulation. Three, I want each four-note phrase to sound musical, as if it is part of an improvised solo. Okay, let's play exercise two. Descending arpeggios launching from the root of each chord of the key with a destination point of the third. This should be fun. Let's bring in the ensemble and check it out. Here we go. important is it to be able to see chords melodically in inverted shapes? I think we all know the answer. It's monumentally important. To be frank, if you cannot play chords melodically in root position and inverted shapes, you will never develop improvisational skills. But no worries. If you seriously begin practicing these 10 diatonic melodic exercises that I am sharing with you today, you will indeed see chords melodically and you will hear significant improvement with your improvisational skills. I guarantee it. Okay, on to exercises three and four. So now we are going to repeat the same process we just did with exercises one and two, ascending and descending from the root of the chords within the key. But now we are going to launch from the third of the chords. Exercise three 
uses ascending motion from the third to the root of each chord. This is the same inverted shape we just played in exercise two using descending motion. Once again, I'm going to play each chord over counts one and two of each measure. The ascending four notes of each chord, third, fifth, seventh, root, will be played as eighth notes. And once again, resting on counts three and four gives me an opportunity to assess what I just played on counts one and two. The rest and assess time allows me to make any necessary adjustments before playing the same pattern with the next chord. The goals, of course, remain the same. One, I want to see the chord melodically. Two, I want to play each four-note phrase with a proper jazz articulation. Three, I want each four-note phrase to sound musical as if it is part of an improvised solo. Okay, let's play exercise three. Ascending arpeggios launching from the third of each chord of the key with a destination point of the root. Let's bring in the ensemble and check it out. Here we go. Pretty cool. When you begin practicing these diatonic melodic exercises, you really begin seeing and hearing the shapes and sounds of jazz. And not only will you begin seeing and hearing the shapes and sounds in your own playing, but you'll see and hear these shapes and sounds in the playing of other jazz musicians. In fact, you will be listening to other jazz musicians play and you'll say, I know that shape. I know that sound. I play them. So now let's play exercise four. We will launch from the third again, but descend through each of the chords. C major will be E, C, B, G. D minor, F, D, C, A. And E minor will be G, E, D, and B. 
and so on. Same format. I'm playing each chord over counts 1 and 2 of each measure and resting on counts 3 and 4 so I can assess what I just played and make any necessary adjustments. Likewise, the goals of the course remain the same as well. 1. I want to see the chord melodically. I want to play each four-note phrase with a proper jazz articulation. And three, I want each four-note phrase to sound musical, as if it is part of an improvised solo. Okay, let's play exercise four. Descending arpeggios launching from the third of each chord of the key with a destination point of the fifth. Let's bring the ensemble back in and check it out. Here we go. a great way to learn the shapes and sounds of jazz. I want to take a moment to talk about repetition and why it is so vitally important. You notice that with each of these exercises, I play through them several times. And when practicing for real outside of the podcast, I will repeat the same exercise a whole lot more than just a several. In fact, I repeat exercises hundreds of times, for real. Why would I be so obsessed with playing the same exercise over and over and over again? Well, there are a couple very good reasons. Number one, repetition builds muscle and oral memory. The shapes and sounds of jazz must become muscle and oral memory so that when you perform, you can instinctively respond to the musical stimuli you are hearing. Musical stimuli either from other musicians or from what is playing out in your mind. And keep in mind, instinctive responses spawning from muscle and oral memory are often referred to as artistry. Number two, repetition allows you to accurately measure consistency. 
you must be able to execute and play the same shapes and sounds over and over again in time with proper feel, articulation, and accuracy. Did you hear that? You must be able to execute and play the same shapes and sounds over and over and over again in time with proper feel, articulation, and accuracy. Just a side note along this same line. I recently listened to an interview of baseball great Derek Jeter, who was asked this question. What is the difference between pro ball players and minor league ball players? His answer, one word, consistency. Derek Jeter said pro ball players go out night after night and produce the same results. The minor league ball players struggle to consistently repeat good performances. Well, the same can be said about music. The difference between a pro and amateur musician is consistent execution. All of that to say, play these 10 diatonic melodic exercises over and over again. The payoff is huge. All right, so now we have repeated the same process of ascending and descending through the chords of a key, launching from the root and the third of each chord. Can you guess what's next? Of course you can. We are going to repeat the same process, but now launch from the fifth of the chords. So on to exercise five. Here we go. We launch from the fifth using ascending motion. C major will be G, B, C, and E. D minor will be A, C, D, and F. E minor will be B, D, E, and G, and so on. Same format. I'm playing each chord over counts one and two of each measure and resting on counts three and four so that I can assess what I just played and make any necessary adjustments. The goals, of course, remain the same. One, I want to see the chord melodically. I want to play each four-note phrase with proper jazz articulation. Three, I want each four-note phrase to sound musical, as if it is part of an improvised solo. Okay, let's play exercise five. Ascending arpeggios launching from the fifth of each chord of the key with a destination point of the third. Let's bring the ensemble back in and check it out. Here we go.
nice. At the risk of sounding like a broken record, you really have to know inversions, inverted shapes, in order to play through these diatonic melodic exercises. In fact, that is the only way I am getting through these exercises. I am seeing the inverted shapes and playing those shapes over each chord. I am not, and let me repeat, I am not thinking notes. That would be so difficult. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Oftentimes I will ask students to spell a scale backwards. For example, the C major scale spelled backwards is B, A, G, F, E, D, and C. Typically, when the student attempts to recite the scale backwards, they fail. And then after several failed attempts, they look at me and say, how do you say the alphabet backwards so fast? And my answer is, because I'm not spelling the alphabet backwards. <laughs> Instead, I am seeing in my mind the C major scale shape and simply reciting the notes of the scale or of the shape. I am not thinking about the alphabet. This same approach must be used when playing these diatonic melodic exercises. As you are ascending and descending through the chords of the key, you should be seeing the shape you want to play and then move that shape through the key. With that being said, let's move on to exercise six. We will launch from the fifth using descending motion. C major will be G, E, C, and B. D minor, A, F, D, and C. E minor, B, G, E, and D, and so on. Same format. I'm playing each chord over counts one and two of each measure and resting on counts three and four so that I can assess what I just played and make adjustments. The goals, you should be able to recite them by now. They're the same. One, I want to see the chord melodically. Two, I want to play each four-note phrase with a proper jazz articulation. And three, I want each four-note phrase to sound musical as if it is part of an improvised solo. Okay, let's play exercise six. Descending arpeggios launching from the fifth of each chord of the key with a destination point of the seventh. Let's bring the ensemble in and check it out. Here we go.
very cool. We have now launched from the root, the third, and the fifth of the seven chords within the key using ascending and descending motion. The last target note for today is the seventh, so let's get to it. Exercise seven will launch from the seventh using ascending motion. C major will be B, C, E, and G. D minor will be C, D, F, and A. E minor will be D, E, G, and B, and so on. Same format, ascending arpeggios played over counts one and two of each measure and resting on counts three and four for assessments and adjustments. The goals, say them with me. One, I want to see the chord melodically. Two, I want to play each four-note phrase with a proper jazz articulation. And three, I want each four-note phrase to sound musical, as if it is part of an improvised solo. Okay, let's play exercise seven. Ascending arpeggios launching from the seventh of each chord of the key with a destination point of the fifth. Let's bring the ensemble in and check it out. Here we go. great shape that I can literally find in practically every transcription that I have ever done or studied in my life. This shape and sound is classic jazz vocabulary. Repeat, 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 and repeat some more. Make it a staple in your jazz vocabulary. Just as I tell every young man, you need to have a classic blue sport coat in your closet. Well, every jazz musician needs to have this shape and sound in their jazz vocabulary. Okay, exercise eight launches from the seventh and, of course, is going to descend. C major will be B, G, E, and C. D minor, C, A, F, and D. E minor, D, B, G, and E, and so on. Same format. I'm playing each chord over counts one and two. 
of each measure and resting on counts three and four so I can assess what I just played and make the necessary adjustments. The goals, of course, remain the same. Say them with me, please. One, I want to see the chord melodically. Two, I want to play each four-note phrase with a proper jazz articulation. And three, I want each four-note phrase to sound musical, as if it is part of an improvised solo. Okay, let's play exercise eight, descending arpeggios, launching from the seventh of each chord of the key with a destination point of the root. Let's bring in the ensemble and check it out. Here we go. That's a pretty thorough approach to developing ascending and descending melodic shapes using the various sounds, major, dominant, minor, and half diminished, of a major key. Launching from the root, third, fifth, and seventh, not only makes sense musically, it's awesome ear training as well. I can't stress enough. Be sure to download and use the podcast packets, the illustrations, lead sheets. They, they lay out all of these iconic jazz shapes in all 12 keys. Invaluable materials to have at your side when studying and practicing. Also, use the play-along tracks that I provide as well. They, too, are available in all 12 keys. I guess what I'm trying to say is that you have no one to blame but yourself if you are not maximizing your musical growth by using the podcast packets. They're there. Download them and use them. Okay, the final two exercises for today use alternating ascending and descending motion through the seven chords of the key. In exercise nine, I am going to begin with C major ascending from the root to the seventh and then descending through the D minor from the fifth, the note A, to the seventh, the note C. Then I ascend through the E minor, launching from the root, and then descend through the F major and then do the same for G7 or G dominant and A minor and then B half diminished and C major. 
So basically, I'm thinking I'm using harmonic pairs. C and D, E and F, G and A, and B and C. A different type of exercise in comparison to the first eight. But guess what's not different? <laughs> you got it. Same format. I'm playing each chord over counts one and two of each measure and resting on counts three and four so I can assess what I just played and make any necessary adjustments. The goals, too, remain the same as well. One, I want to see the chord melodically. Two, I want to play each four-note phrase with a proper jazz articulation. And three, I want each four-note phrase to sound musical, as if it is part of an improvised solo. So, okay, let's play exercise nine. Alternating, ascending, and descending arpeggios, launching from the root of one chord and descending from the fifth of the next chord. Let's bring in the ensemble and check it out. Here we go. is this diatonic melodic exercise. <laughs> Very. You have to really know the inverted shapes of these sounds, of these chords. You have to clearly see them in order to move in and out of them. I want to point out that when I work on developing jazz vocabulary using ascending and descending motion, I always use the closest note on the descending side of the top note of the previous shape. You may have noticed that when I ascend through the C major chord launching from the root, I ended, of course, on the note B, C-E-G-B. I started my descending motion on the D minor chord with the note A. The note A is the closest D minor note on the descending side of the note B, the last note of my C major line. Study the lead sheets and you'll see this approach in writing. A picture is worth a thousand words. 
I am going to utilize the very same tactic when playing exercise 10. I am going to use alternating descending and ascending motion in this exercise, launching from the root of the C major and descending to the third, the note E, and then ascend on the D minor, starting with the note F. Why F? Because it's the closest note on the ascending side of the note E, which is the last note of my descending C major line. Again, check out the lead sheets and you'll see this approach laid out using musical notation. It's nice to know that some things, however, never change. Once again, same format. I'm playing each chord over counts one and two of each measure and resting on counts three and four so I can assess what I just played and make any necessary adjustments. The goals remain the same. So for one last time, let's say these together. One, I want to see the chord melodically. Two, I want to play each four-note phrase with a proper jazz articulation. And three, I want each four-note phrase to sound musical, as if it is part of an improvised solo. Okay, let's play the final exercise of the day. Exercise 10. Alternating descending and ascending arpeggios. Descending from the root of one chord and ascending from the third of the next chord. Let's bring in the ensemble and check it out. Here we go. about you, but I'm tired. <laughs> that was a packed lesson, as always. And I cannot stress to you enough how important it is to practice these diatonic melodic exercises on a regular basis. Not only will your technique, your ears, and jazz vocabulary grow exponentially, you will begin to truly see melody and harmony, and harmony and melody, you will see them as being one and the same. Well, 
I hope you have found this Jazz Piano Skills podcast lesson exploring diatonic melodic exercises to be insightful and, of course, beneficial. Don't forget, if you are a Jazz Piano Skills member, I will see you online Thursday evening at the Jazz Piano Skills Masterclass at 8 p.m. Central Time. To discuss this podcast episode lesson exploring the diatonic melodic exercises in greater detail and to answer any question you may have about the study of jazz in general. Also, as a Jazz Piano Skills member, be sure to use the educational podcast packets for this podcast lesson and the Jazz Piano Skills courses to maximize your musical growth. Likewise, make sure you are an active participant of the Jazz Piano Skills community. Get involved and contribute to the various forums. Most importantly, make some new jazz piano friends. As always, you can reach me by phone, 972-380-8050, extension 211, by email, drlawrence, drlawrence at jazzpianoskills.com, or by SpeakPipe, found throughout the Jazz Piano Skills website and the Jazz Piano Skills courses. That's it for now. And until next week, enjoy the diatonic melodic exercises. Enjoy the journey. And most of all, have fun as you discover, learn, and play jazz piano.